1: Nobody <speaking> mele <in the language> And every Jew's a proud Jew Not just me My sisters and my brothers Never be ashamed to be a proud Jew Not what you've done It's how he made you To sing the song And spread the pride
2: around you Yehudiani Eternally
0: Gershon Veroba with Shimcha off of Ani Israel. You heard Ivry done by Benny Friedman. Avraimol had Itcha ani, Num done by Yerachmiel begun in the Miami Boys Choir. Yoya, that was live with Kaveret and, of course, Regesh. Moda Ani opening things up. And we say good morning. Am for a Tuesday on this February 21st, day 25 in the month of Shvat, Getting closer and closer to the great month of Adar. The year 5777, Tuftshinai in Zion, 36 degrees, 46% humidity, winds northeast at 8 miles an hour, partly cloudy with a high temperature of 46, and tonight, cloudy skies, a low 42. Tomorrow morning, clouds, afternoon sun, a high all the way up to 58 degrees. Can you believe that? Yerushalayim right now at 57. We're at 36 degrees here in the New York City as we say good morning on a Tuesday at AM. Hope your President's Day was good. And that uh, if you had the time off, you enjoyed the time off. And, and now welcome to a, a brand new, shorter week. Uh, big shout out to our friends at the Young Israel of East Brunswick. Looking forward to spending Shabbat down there in East Brunswick. And I thank the Young Israel for inviting me. Also a big shout out to Manhattan Day School. They've got their father's son, Malava Malko, this coming Saturday night. For fathers, for sons, for grandfathers, for older brothers. Everybody's going to be gathering uh, between 4th and 8th grade this coming Saturday night at Manhattan Day School. Uh, with Eitan Katz, the uh, featured performer. Uh, so a big yeshikach to uh, Rabbi Besser and everybody at Manhattan Day School as they get ready for that big event on Saturday night. Uh, kudos to the uh, Yeshiva University Maccabees. they are um, They are going to be playing tonight, Skyline Conference, opening playoff game up at Purchase. Wishing luck to Elliot Steinmetz, their coach and the entire team. And we hope to speak to Coach Steinmetz later on this morning here at JM in the AM. So there's a lot happening and I thank you all for tuning in and being part of the action. We have a full day on our network, of course, uh, with JM Rewind coming up with the, uh, with the Mayor Kay interview, which was great. If you missed it, you'll be able to hear it starting at nine o'clock this morning when he visited our studio last week. And then, of course, a full lineup throughout the entire day, including a, a live lunch done by ZK and a plenty more. Thanks for tuning in on this Tuesday broadcast. It is JM in the AM with plenty more coming up between now and the 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, this is the brand new single uh, that was released. Do we have it here? I think this is the brand new single. Oh, I have it. All right, this is the brand-new single that was released by our friends at Leif Tahar called Gamzula Tova. This is JM in the AM.
2: Sometimes your world comes crashing down. You ask, why me? Rabos machshavos bilevish atas Hashem hisakum. Rabos machshavos bilevish atas Hashem
3: hisakum.
2: Atas Hashem liolam tamod machshivos libo Lidor dor va hador. Atas Hashem liolam tamod machshivos libo li dor Oh, oh.
1: سيديش رحمان ايش the king of the world is a great I do I'm so happy
0: Friedman, that's called Avraham. Actually, it's Al Tishlach Yadcha. That was the uh, official name of the song. Off of Fill the World with Light. Maishi Menloitz had Vatomer Tzion and Shlemi Daskal Vaihi off Sheer Volume Number 2 from the NCSY. Bencher app, RA Kunstler Company with Rabos Machavos. Simcha Liner and Kanfeina Sharim off of the uh, Liner Live in Odessa. And you heard Gamzu done by Leif Tahar. That's a brand new single from the upcoming Leif Tahar. Volume number five. Tuesday morning on this February twenty first, the twenty fifth of spot Good morning, all. Hope you had a chance to tune in yesterday and be part of our radio experience. If not, thanks for listening today. As we uh, begin a shorter week after President's Day, no matter where you are this week, I'm glad you're taking us along with you. Easy to do so with our NSN app, and I want to thank those who are commenting on our app uh, with requests and with different uh, different suggestions and comments. Regarding what's going on here and what's going on out there. Partly cloudy here today with a high of 46. Going up to 58 tomorrow, can you imagine? Want to wish a Mazel Tov to Talia Katz and a special Mazel Tov to Dina and Ari Katz. The entire Khamisora family and Talia's bat mitzvah this past Shabbat. We say mazalta Tov from all of us here. This past Sunday, rather. Uh, Mazal Tov from all of us here at uh, JM and the AM want to remind you that our very own Naomi Nachman has her uh, brand new Perfect for Pesach cookbook coming out. And anybody out there who utilizes the promo code NAOMI uh, at artscroll.com before the 23rd of February, you get a signed copy of the book as well as a pre-order discount. All right, so if you want the discount plus a signed book, you go to artscroll.com, use the promo code NAOMI at checkout, make sure to do it. Uh, before you um, uh, before you get to February the 23rd. Speaking of Camp Misora, which I was a moment ago, the winter reunion, the snow tubing winter reunion at Mountain Creek is happening this coming Sunday beginning at 3 p.m. Information, go to com And a big shout-out to our Camp Masora family. Um, don't forget the Mizrahi World Movement is planning a major event for Yom Yerushalayim. What's the event? It's the Mega Mission to Israel. Uh, Mizrahi.org slash YY50 has all the information. We are uh, asking all synagogues, all sisterhoods, all men's clubs, all organizations, all families to make sure to have representation in Israel, in the holy city of Jerusalem on May the 24th, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. Mizrahi World Movement has all the details and is taking care of all the uh, accommodations uh, the conferences, the uh, special events will be there broadcasting, of course. Information, it's Mizrahi.org slash YY50. Mizrahi.org slash YY50. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at com. On the Nachlem Segal Network and of course on our beloved NSN app. Reminder, Yeshiva League Sports Update with Elliot Weiselberg is coming up at seven twenty this morning. Anxious to get into the uh, into the playoffs discussion. And uh, we will, Elliot Weiselberg will give us the full report coming up here at JM and the AM. Sky <laughs> sound in the background. We have our news from Israel coming up. The coach speaking of sports, the coach of the Yeshiva University Maccabees, Elliot Steinmetz, will join us later on. Big game tonight, first of the uh, Skyline Conference playoff games. We wish good luck to Coach Steinmetz and the entire team as they get ready for tonight. By the way, again on the topic of sports, a brand new edition of Court Report with Elliot Weiselberg happens tonight. 7 p.m. Eastern Time on our network, right here at the Nalchum Single Network. 7 p.m. Eastern Time tonight. Should be a, uh, a comprehensive, no doubt, and very exciting report with all the playoff implications. All the different playoff discussion going on. And as I said earlier, planning on the spending Shabbat at the Young Israel of East Brunswick. Want to thank the Young Israel of East Brunswick for inviting us down for this coming Shabbos. Looking forward to sharing a lot of great stories and plenty more this coming Shabbat. Galitzal Israel Army Radio, two PM newscast
4: for a Tuesday follows next. We say Booker Tov from Jania. Kanehut Graf Im בית הדין הצבאי גזר על אלאור הזריה שנה וחצי מהשר בפועל. הזריה יחל לרצות את יום. מדבר
0: השופטים ציינו כי אלור הזריה לא לקח אחריות על מעשה וחייארי במחבל לא היה נצרח מבחינה מבצעית אלא בוצע ממני הנקמני. הם גם נסיבות מקלות וגזרו על הזריה שנה וחצי מעשר בפועל מבלי לנקות את 11 חודשי המעצר הפתוח בו הוא נתון מאז האירוע וכן הורדה לדרגת תוראי. הוא יתחיל לרצות את עונשו בחמישה במרץ בעוד
4: 12 יום בחילה 6. ההגנה ככל הנראה תערער על גזר הדין. עד כאן. כתבתנו דור מימון שמעה בבית הדין הצבאי ב� אוריח הדין נדב וייסמן. בת אביר, היום חשוב מפקדים ברור לנו שזה לא יום קל, אבור אבל צריך לעשות עשה. הזה, היה הליך חשוב שחובה היה לבצעו במערכת הפוליטית יוצאים נגד גזר הדין של אלור עזריה, וקוראים לחון אותו כתבנו מיכאל שמש.
5: שברוש הבית היהודי השר בנט אמר כי ביטחון אזרחי ישראל מחייב חנינה מידית לאלור עזריה. שרת התרבות מרגב אמר כי זהו גזר דין קשה, ובקשה מהרמטכל להמליץ על החנינה לעזריה. גם שברוש הסדר יצטרף לבקשת החנינה, ויושב ראש הפוזיציה יצחק הרצוג אמר בתקובה כי בית המשפט גילר רגישות
1: והבנה למצוקת החייל. עד כן.
4: בגזר הדין מתחו השופטים ביקורת על התבטאויות הפוליטיקאים כשהחקירה הייתה עוד בראשיתה. כתבנו טל לב רב".
6: השופטת אלוף משני אלר אמרה, דרגה הצבאי הבכיר רשאי ואף חייב לאבי להביע עמדה ברורה. אולם כשמדובר בנושא הנמצא חקירה פלילית, יש להמתין לתוצאות חקירה או לפחות לסייג את האמירה. השופטת גם ביקרה את הדרך בהניהלו מפקדים את הזירה המבצעית וגם את האופן בו תופוע לזריה על ידי מפקטיו אותו.
4: ומחוץ לאולם בית הדין בקירייה התכנסו כ-200 מפגינים שקוראים לא לקבלת את גזר הדין. כתבתנו קרן בן מורדכי שמעה אותם.
0: משק,
7: היום
1: בית הדין אמר חד וחלק חיים של מחבל יותר חשובים מחיים של החיילים שלנו אנחנו
2: מתביישים בתוצאה, מתביישים במה שפסקתם לו היום
4: עוד בחדשות, יחיאל לוי, ראש המנהל הקהילתי בקריית יובל בירושלים, מתנצל בעקבות השערה שעורר פרסום ההקלטות הבוקר שחשפה כתבתנו מיכל צ'ין, בהן תועד לוי אומר כי צריך לחנוק את האוכלוסייה החרדית כדי שיעזבו את השכונה. פרשת ההתעללות בבתי האבות בחיפה. הוא ערך מעצרם של כל העובדים שנעצרו בחשד לביצוע המעשים. המשטרה שחררה לביתה את האחות הראשית, החשודה באי דיווח על ההתעללות. תחזית מזג האוויר ירידה בטמפרטורות בהרים הארץ. אלה החדשות
2: i a a a
0: kronen Company with Rabos Machshavos. Uh, before that, Yaakov Shweki with Chaval Al-Hazman. Uh, well, it's the, uh, the decision has, uh, and I, I posted this earlier about an hour ago on Facebook, the decision has been rendered by the IDF court. Uh, the uh, Yafo military court on Tuesday sentenced IDF soldier Elor Azaria to 18 months in jail for his manslaughter conviction for killing Palestinian attacker Abdel Fattah al-Sharif on March the 24th of 2015 as he he lay wounded on a street in Hebron as part of the sentencing. Azaria was also demoted from the military rank of sergeant to private. The uh, judges presiding over the case decided that Azaria's jail sentence will start on March the 5th. The defense has vowed to appeal the ruling and had previously urged the court to delay the beginning of the sentence until an appeal is submitted. Azaria's representation requested 15 days to submit the main claims of an appeal. Meanwhile, the IDF prosecution said it wanted Azaria's prison term to start by the coming Sunday. Azaria's shooting of Sharif around 10 minutes after the Palestinian was wounded while attacking an IDF checkpoint was filmed. The video went viral and led countries around the world and the International Criminal Court to follow the criminal proceedings. Advocacy Human Rights Watch issued a reserved applause of Azaria's sentence on Tuesday. The group's Israel and Palestinian advocacy director said the sentence served as an important message about reigning in excessive use of force, but senior Israeli officials should also repudiate the shoot-to-kill rhetoric that too many of them have promoted, even when there is no imminent threat of death. Uh, Ahead of Tuesday's decision, the IDF prosecution had requested a three- to five-year sentence based on past cases of manslaughter. His defense lawyers had requested no jail time, even asked the court to toss the conviction because of alleged problematic pressure by the IDF and Azaria's family to get him to drop his expected appeal. So that is the latest from Israel regarding the uh, the case of um, Elor Azaria, 18 months in jail. Uh, from what we've been told, with good behavior, he could be out within a year. Sentence is scheduled to start March 5th. We'll see what happens with the appeal process, etc., that is the latest from Israel this happened just about uh, an hour ago maybe a drop uh, more than that reminder this coming sunday the 26th of february the Achiezer dinner is taking place at bay harbor mall on rockaway turnpike in lawrence information at 5167914444 that's 5167914444 go to org and uh, place your reservation for this coming sunday it is going to be a uh a very interesting dinner with the venue where it is and, uh, in general, an amazing show of community support for a very important organization that's always showing support to the community, to say the least. So achiezr.org or 516-791-4444. More coming up, including the Shiva League Sports Update, if you keep it at JM in the AM.
2: ti la essa o keli keli shehasemesto vorallo visitare il suo et misulla The Lord will come to me Ya,
0: The Raktfila done by Avramel. That's Avram Freed here on a, uh, what's today? Tuesday morning. Brand new week for a lot of people. A lot of folks had off yesterday for President's Day. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Rogers Park was here yesterday. If you missed any of it, thank goodness we have an archive at NahumSiegel.com. And also our Facebook Live archive at the NahumSiegel Network page on Facebook. It was really a great uh, morning with a wonderful performance by Rogers Park in studio. Right here at JM and the AM. Well, Yeshiva League sports update time. First, I want to again uh, remind everybody that tonight Yeshiva University plays in the Skyline, excuse me, in the Skyline Conference playoffs. We'll talk more about that later on with Coach Steinmetz. Meanwhile, Yeshiva League sports in both hockey and basketball things are heating up, to say the least, and I mean heating up as playoff season continues or just gets started. Elliot Weiselberg, our sports editor, has all the details. We call it the Yeshiva League sports update. With a big shout-out going out to Mike Feller and everybody at Crown Trophy. You know that the uh, final championship game, when when it takes place, when that trophy is held aloft by the winning team, it will be a Crown Trophy. Good morning to Mike and his wonderful staff up at Crown. Uh, meanwhile, Elliot Weiselberger, our Yeshiva League Sports Update, now at JM in the AM.
8: Thanks, Nachum. Before I begin today's JM in the AM Sports Update, I'm going to break that wall and mix a little business with personal. A huge thank you to everyone who reached out by phone, text, Facebook, and Twitter this past weekend to share in our personal simcha. May we only have more smachot to share in together in the future. Now, I'm sure that given how exhausting a party like that can be, one might assume that a normal individual would be in no shape to pour through the week in Yeshiva League sports. But when it comes to playoff times, there is no rest. There is only determination and perseverance. And if we ask that from our athletes, we must be prepared to lead by example. And so, on today's edition crisis averted in JV and varsity basketball leagues, and playoffs on the horizon for both hockey leagues and our two Yeshiva University squads. Good morning, I'm Elliot Weiselberg. We discussed with you last week the unprecedented scenario in which both our JV and varsity basketball leagues may have found themselves in an unreal five-way tie in the Eastern Conference. Thankfully for the league, what could have been a messy but interesting scenario was avoided in lieu of smaller, much more manageable outcomes. In the Varsity League, Flatbush held up its end of the deal, defeating Share Torres 73-71. It would come down to Hank to follow up against YDE. Early on in the year, YDE escaped against the Hurricanes with a mere two-point victory. So in this one, anything could happen, and it almost did. At one point, YDE lead with 20 seconds to go, and Hank, getting the shot at victory, would not fall in the Hurricanes' favor, as the Thunder took the 41-40 victory, and at 11-3, and the Eastern Conference crown. Hank would fall to 9-5, and avoiding a five-team tie at 10-4, and but now a much more manageable three-team tie, that's what DRS, get the two-seed. Flapush the 3 seed and Rambam the 4 seed with YDE at 1, Hank at 5, and Hafter at 6 after a surprise upset of West top seed Heschel. In JV, a similar scenario unfolded, as Meg and David helped avoid a deadlock, winning three games to finish with a record of 9-1 and, and taking the East Championship. With their win over YDE to end the season, they would also avoid having to solve a three-way tie between YDE, DRS, and Hank, instead creating two smaller ties for the third and fourth seed, which would go to DRS and Hank respectively, and the fifth and sixth seed, which would go to North Shore and YDE. In varsity hockey, Frisch would put its stamp on the Western Division crown with a 4-1 victory over JEC. The win caps their season at 13-1 and relegates SAR to the second seed. The West will see TABC as the 3-seed, hosting MTA as the 6-seed tonight in TABC, with JEC traveling to Ramaz in the 4-5 game, which Ramaz earned the right to host after defeating JEC 2-0 in JEC this past week. YU is getting set for playoff action as well. The YU Basketball Max finished off their season on a strong note, winning their regular season finale over Old Westbury 79-64. Simcha Halpert led YU in scoring with 13, while Michael Berg nearly notched a double-double with 10 points and 9 rebounds. The Max will hit the playoff hardwood tonight at 7 p.m. in Westchester against SUNY Purchase. YU defeated Purchase 79-77 in their only meeting of the regular season. On the hockey court, an up-and-down day for the Max, as YU started off Sunday's tilt in Old Bethpage Strong, taking a 4-2 win over Boston University, before dropping another heartbreaker to Stony Brook 4-3. The split drops the Max to third place in the ECRHA, although still with a stellar record of 15-2-0-1. They will play Penn State in the first round of the ECRHA playoffs on March 3rd in Feusterville, Pennsylvania. Need more Yeshiva League action? Tune in tonight's all-new episode of The Court Report at 7 p.m. right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. This week we discuss all playoff formats, the upcoming Sarachek tournament, including a controversy over certain omitted teams, and a story sure to spread some joy involving a former Yeshiva League hockey player and the New York Rangers. All that and more tonight at 7 p.m. on the Nachum Siegel Network, nachumsegel.com. And that was your Tuesday morning jam in the AM Sports Update. I'm Elliot Weiselberg.
2: of a little David who stood at just five foot high I a One rock from a slingshot made old Goliath die People came from miles around just to shake his hand You see, it's not the size of the man in the fight It's the size of the fight in the man I said amen The prophets all say it's true You can do anything on earth under heaven That you set your mind to do I said amen, oh hallelujah With heaven as your helping hand You see it's not the size of the man and the fight It's the size of the fight and the man Here we go, now Joshua was up against ten to one, he didn't bat an eye. He blew the ram's horn seven times and circled around the town. And the people of Jericho hit the road as the walls come tumbling down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With heaven is your helping hand You see it's not the, not the size of the, the man in the fight It's the, the size, size of the fire. fight in the fight the fear you set your mind to do What's it? I said, amen Oh, hallelujah With heaven as your helping hand You see, it's not the size of the man in the fight
0: Uh, request on our app. How do you like that? With the uh, little David uh by gershot J.M. in the A.M. Yeshiva League sports update. Before that, thank you to Elliot Weiselberg, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk.
6: Good morning. Tshuva is an effort that we make each and every day of our lives. Roshmelke of Nicholsburg offers supportive guidance in our efforts to repent. He compares the exertion to a person who is carrying a heavy bundle from one place to another. After a while, he's exhausted. He resolves that he can only carry it a little further, to the tree that he sees ahead of him. Having made that decision, the load already feels lighter. Once he reaches the tree, he feels he can walk a little further. Then, another hundred feet. He sets for himself targets that are not too far. Ultimately, he reaches his destination. Similarly, when the Pasuk says, Shuvah Yisrael, return Yisrael to Hashem, it implies slow progress in Avaros Hashem, from one stage to the next. Every individual knows his own weaknesses, his own strengths, we have to tap into our own attributes, our potential, to continue to make strides in our Avodah Sashem. The great Reb Aaron of Kalin once noted that when one makes a Kabbalah, he should not accept a resolution that will be difficult for him to maintain. He cites the Posuk in Tehillim, where Dobramelach says, Im takum alai milchama The war would arise against me, in this I trust. We explain it as follows, the Yetzirah wages war against man, to cause him to sin. We seek the means to prevail against the Yetzirah. The great Rebaran of Karlin says, that dovra Melech says one should merely undertake one thing, one should make one small resolution, that it will be able to stand by, and to continue to do so, throughout the year then he will be victorious in battle against the Yitzhahara a bocher once came to ask the mashkiach of yeshivas chevron hagoin rebleb chasman exactly which kabbalah he should accept upon himself for tshuva Rebleib answered him he should go outside and think about some small act that he could fulfill for the entire year Even though it would be something small, since it would be done regularly, it would be indeed very significant. The young man went out and soon returned to report to the Goin. When the meshkiach heard what he had resolved, he suggested that he should only do half of it, but he should make sure to do so under all circumstances. He noted, that it was more important to make a resolution that one will definitely be able to sustain than to resolve to do something big that he will be unable to complete. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day.
0: Tuesday morning broadcast. That's uh, Benny Friedman. Fill the world with light is right. That's his title track. Before that, Yismach Melech done by Shlomo Katz. Well, Yoel Rosby is with us live via telephone all the way from Israel. I am looking forward to this conversation. Yoel Rosby is the Jewish uh, National Fund. uh, JNF uh, JNF Ammunition Hill Liaison. Now that is a cool title. I wish I was the (laughs) Ammunition Hill Liaison, frankly. And everyone out there, not everyone, but uh, more and more people are getting to know the fact that we are heading toward a very significant anniversary. In May, it's going to be the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. And uh, I hope, as much as we encourage people all the time to turn our attention, our collective attention toward Israel and toward the city of Jerusalem... I hope this 50th anniversary celebration is going to increase that even more and more. Yoel Razbi, Shalom, Shalom. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Shalom. Not here. Sha we 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 missed that. I'm sorry, Shalom. Nice to speak with you.
5: <laughs> it's great. I'm standing I'm uh, sitting right here in a sunny Jerusalem. It's a beautiful uh
0: upper 60s here. No, you're one lucky man to say the least. Um <laughs> t- g- give us first Give us first, because there are people in the audience not familiar with it, give us first a, a, a short overview of the significance of Ammunition Hill when it comes to the history of the modern state of Israel and the eventual reunification of Jerusalem 50 years ago. And then we'll talk a little bit more about what's happening over the last couple of years and uh, what things are like today. First, tell us why it is such a significant location.
5: Oh, pleasure, Nachum. First of all, it's great to be here. I love being on the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You know, uh, it's a simple, simple fact. Fifty years ago, the city of Jerusalem, that we all go to do our bar mitzvah at the hotel, and we walk through and we get coffee in Mamilla Mall, everything we love, we enjoy, the beauty of a free Jerusalem, fifty years ago today was impossible. You would have walked those streets that you walk today, you would have gotten shot, mm-hmm. chased, It was a split city. The Jordanians controlled half the IDF, the Israelis, controlled the other half, and that was the situation. What happened was, in the Six-Day War, there was full-fledged war up north, down south, war everywhere. Jerusalem was supposed to be an international city. It Also, the Jordanians started war there as well. Now, in a panic, we sent paratroopers. We were trying to protect the city. It was a battle of survival and We start the Battle of Ammunition Hill with the controlling ground about a mile due north of the old city of Jerusalem. We took it because it was the high ground. It was the fiercest battle those paratroopers had ever seen. And from a battle of survival, we finished the Battle of Ammunition Hill within the Six-Day War 50 years ago, June 1967, and we realized suddenly we don't need to be on the defense. Maybe we can reach the old city of Jerusalem something no one had imagined we would even be able to do. Decades, it hasn't been in our control. A Jewish hand hasn't touched that wall in years. And we figured maybe if we can win Ammunition Hill, we can win the battle for Jerusalem and reunify the city. 24, years, 24 hours after the battle of Ammunition Hill in June of 1967, the famous three words, a nation yearned for, waited for, cried for. Still cry about today if we truly understand the meaning, Harabayit Adenu, the Temple Mount is in our hands. That's Ammunition Hill 50 years ago. It tipped those scales that we didn't believe could be tipped at the time. And today, it serves as a symbol of what a free Jerusalem should look like, what a reunified Jerusalem should look like. It teaches values to hundreds of thousands of kids and and tourists and Israelis and IDF soldiers every year what the values of Jerusalem, what the battle for Jerusalem was, was, and what we can learn for it for the
0: future. Yoel Rosby is with us live via telephone, JNF um, Ammunition Hill liaison. Uh, Before we get to what has been done very recently at Ammunition Hill, because we know that when people visit for the 50th, they're going to be part of something spectacular. Uh, What has been the condition of the area over the last 50 years? Has it been maintained? Has it always been regarded and treated as a historic site? How would you describe over these decades the way Ammunition Hill has sat there in the middle of Jerusalem?
5: You know, uh, Nahum, it's an interesting question because the early 70s it was declared a site, a memorial site. You know, about uh, 20 years later they said, let's plow it down, build buildings, we'll put up a monument. Ten years ago the site even closed. The site even closed, it ran out of funds, and that's when the JNF said, this is enough. We can't just have uh, something that people see, you know, uh, by the way, we're going to turn it into something that's worth seeing. Uh, you know, not just build buildings, but also talk about what needs to be talked about, what the next uh, the next generation needs to hear. And that's when the JNF got involved. Ten years ago, they said, okay, let's do something different. And we started talking about the values of life and of honor and of camaraderie, things that the next generation do need to hear. And we try to convey it in a way they could possibly comprehend and understand it. So built a theater and a new movie that talks about the soldiers and what they did and why they did it, not just the battle story. We restored the battleground. We built a commemoration hall. JNF, step by step, over the last five years, since the 45th anniversary, has been gearing up for this May where we're opening the brand new museum, taking it from a site that was by the way that a tour guide took you on a Friday if you had nothing better to do. You're <laughs> a site that is must see, a must see in Jerusalem. Hundreds of thousands are pouring in every year. We couldn't be more proud at such a great investment in making in Jerusalem.
0: It's an interesting way that you. I, I like the way you put that. It was an afterthought for many, and now it's going to be one of it the. was. That's going to be one of the central places that people visit, especially uh, during this significant year. Yoel Rosby is with us, speaking to us from Israel. Ammunition Hill is our focus. I mean, I, I know this is overstating the obvious, but when you when, when JNF started at 45, right, meaning five years ago, it, it was always with this date in mind. I mean, you you said it, but I just want people to realize it's a five-year project that, that always was targeting May of 2017, right?
5: Right. Well, ten years ago, the Jewish National Fund started getting involved and started picking up slack where a little bit the government was lacking. But then in five years, we became a real... Uh, a real stakeholder there on the board. We became part of the site and real partners. And then at the 45, we all sat down around the table and said, okay, what are we doing for the 50th? And that's when the plan was launched. Every dollar that the JNF is putting into Ammunition Hill is being matched by the Israeli government. It is an Israeli historic landmark that is teaching the Nets education of everybody and anybody that wants to come what it means to be a part of a free Jerusalem. And that's why we're a part of it. You know, 10 years ago, 70,000 annual visitors. Last year, Nakam, I kid you not, 354,000 people walked through the gates of Ammunition Hill. Wow. And it's because we can't forget something because, as you said, it's by the way. We have to turn it into something that is a real contender in what it means to be educated about
0: Jerusalem. Yeah, a lot, lot more people than if there were just a bit of plaque there, huh? You'd have to assume.
5: <laughs> you can say that again.
0: Um, Yoel Rosby's with us. 50th anniversary of Jerusalem's reunification is coming up, of course, in May. It's May 24th. Everybody. Uh, so JNF has a bunch of options. You're doing missions um, for your President Society. You're doing a mission for Young Leadership. You're doing actually an interfaith mission. I mean, you really you have a a lot of different options for people who want to travel with you and be part of this uh, uh, whole a uh, major celebration coming up in May.
5: You know, uh, we started thinking about it and figured out that a free, liberated Jerusalem is for everyone. Why not create something specific for anybody that would like to travel with us? As as you said, we have the interfaith mission, Jews, non-Jews alike, seeing various sites, seeing how Israel is is the only democracy in the Middle East. And we want to keep it that way and how everybody is accepted. We have our president's mission for, for true benefactors that always believed in us, that always were with us, and they're going to be a part of this historic moment. Young leadership, which, which uh, on air, I'm willing to say, it, one of the most important tracks we have because getting and engaging the next generation in what we're doing, what we're all so passionate about, is the name of the game. And we have the Spirit of Israel track that's coming along, The you know, JNF 101, I like to call it. You know, you see all the musty sites in Israel, but we try to give a little bit more of a perspective, also the operation, what's going on behind the scenes. Why is it the way we see it today? Not just to tourists, but rather learning about what Israel is really about and what the JNF work in Israel really has an impact on.
0: And everything you mentioned, obviously, is happening in the second half of May um, uh, all of them have the same start date, some have different ending dates, information they can contact, anybody out there, all of our listeners can contact 877-JNF-TOUR, 877-JNF-TOUR is a email address, travel at jnf.org, travel at jnf.org, and of course on the website, jnf.org slash travel, jnf.org slash travel, and this is an addition, I always like pointing out, obviously we're trying to get everybody to go and make it Israel, but I always love pointing out that JNF has such a list, of, of, um, of tours to Israel, one called Classroom Israel in April, one called the Culinary Wine and Music Tour in June, a Law and Justice Tour in November, and there's so many others. Everyone can go to that website, jnf.org slash travel, and check out all the different offerings. You know, Yoel, uh, we've been speaking a lot about our own involvement in, in, uh, uh, in the 50th anniversary, of the reunification of Jerusalem, and, and everything that's going to be happening in May. I am getting the feeling here in the diaspora... That as much as we've pushed missions and pushed anniversaries and pushed significant you know, times for people to be in Jerusalem and in Israel, I'm getting the feeling that this time around there's tremendous regret among those who think they can't make it and tremendous joy for those who've been able to put this on their calendar. Are you getting the feeling from Jews around the world that there is this focus on Jerusalem 50 that there's never been before? You know,
5: I'll take it even a step back for a second. I I myself, you hear my English, I sound like an American. It's because I am. And, and I moved 18 years ago from Chicago. Me and my brothers, we all served in the IDF together. My whole family is here, so I feel both sides of each coin. And I couldn't feel more lucky, even as an Israeli, but also understanding the, the, the mind of a Jew that lives outside of Israel, how special this moment is going to be. Fifty years to a free Jerusalem is a symbol to the world of what the most disputed square mile on the face of this earth, other known as the Old City, can look like if we let it free, live, and let live. Now, at Ammunition Hill, we are having, on May 24th, the national ceremony. There's 3,000 seats. There's already over 9,000 people requesting those seats, not including (laughs) the Prime Minister the Prime Minister, the President, the Chief of Staff, the Mayor of Jerusalem, that are going to be in attendance there. And all the JNF tracks are going to have a VIP seat there because, and the one reason is, is because all along the way, JNF has always believed in Jerusalem, has always believed in Ammunition Hill, and has always been calling and chanting this. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. There's no other way to put it. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. If you can, you should come. Because you wow. you are going to remember this for the rest of your life. It, it, it's I, it, going to be a moment
0: you can't miss. I'm so glad you just described it, and, and it came out the way it did because uh, the the numbers really do bear it out. Uh, there's a certain amount of room <laughs> at Ammunition Hill, a cer- <laughs> certain amount of room in Jerusalem. It would be incredible if there would be an overflow crowd, literally, uh, you know, making Jewish history uh, with an overflow crowd in the uh, in the holy city of Jerusalem. Something that our ancestors, our predecessors from just a few decades back, would never, ever have believed. And those of you out there in our audience who are not uh, from the age group where, where Jerusalem was, reunifi- was reunified uh, you know, during your lifetime, and there are a lot of people in our audience like that, obviously it's 50 years after all, uh, you have to understand what it's like uh, to live without a city of Jerusalem being unified and without uh, Israeli control. Over the majority of the holy city, it's really it's uh, it's 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 a point that we we have to try to get across to the next generation, and uh, and I I think this celebration is going to help do that, frankly.
5: Uh, Yo, I'm not going to tell you. I'm sorry. If we have ten seconds for one more thing, I want to say right here on air, you should all hear that one of the most special things that we're arranging for this mission coming up, all four tracks, is on. Yom on Jerusalem Day, at the ceremony and the 50th anniversary, we're arranging a meeting with the Jerusalem liberators, the liberators of Jerusalem, the paratroopers, that were at the hotel for the first time in decades, that touched those stones and cried the tears that we all were waiting to cry for a long time. We're going to arrange a meeting between all the mission participants and these Jerusalem liberators. I can tell you that in 10 years from now, we're going to have that opportunity to
0: make this meet happen. Mm, it's point. a point
5: in history that people, I just invite you, be a part of with us. We couldn't be happier to have you with us.
0: Yoel, excellent point. Everybody should try to take advantage, if possible, and be there on the 50th. Uh, information about the JNF trips, it's jnf.org slash travel, eight six eight seven. 563 Yoel Rosby, he's the JNF uh, Ammunition Hill Liaison. We look forward to seeing you. In the Holy City, Yoel Tadaraba. Tadaraba. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. More coming up. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio, around the world and the web at com on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course, on our beloved NSN app.
2: What have I become When all I feel Is now
3: To the numbers
2: well, That's all they are To me now I can't read the news Anymore It's all the same
0: city of gold, that's a good selection, huh? Yeah, perfect for the 50th anniversary, the reunification of Jerusalem, as we were discussing with the oil rosby before, I'll tell uh, you. Ah, are getting ready, are getting ready, getting ready to head to Jerusalem and celebrate. We've been to Jerusalem and to so many other places in Israel, and one of our listeners reminded us of this at KFWE, during so many difficult times, you know, Usually, a lot of people run, you know, for vacation and wonderful things. We're always running when it's tough times there, and uh, to run and to encourage others to go during this celebra- time of celebration is just amazing. So, we are very much looking forward to it. JM and the AM. It is a, um, a Tuesday morning broadcast. I thank you all for tuning in and being part of the part of the action uh, with us. Maya Note Yeshiva High School has their big dinner coming up on March fourth. Now many of you are uh, are regular listeners of this show, and you know how dear Maya Note is uh to my heart and to the heart of the collective Siegel family they have been incredible and amazing to us and a special shout out to uh sol Kasovitz, uh president of the school who should uh, always have smachot and uh, he and his uh the Maya Note family have just been wonderful to us so uh, March fourth uh we get an opportunity to um uh, to pay tribute to some wonderful honorees and really to a great school on that night, uh, Mayanote pays tribute in memory of Bruce Ritholtz with the Barrett Torah Memorial Award. Mrs. Suzanne Cohen will receive the Teacher of the Year Award. Elliot and Laurie Linzer, the Amude Mayanote honorees, and Rabbi Daniel and Diane Cohen are Parents of the Year. With us live via telephone, first we have Tamar Kaplan Appel, Mrs. is assistant principal at Mayanote. Mrs. Appel, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you. It's great to be back. And I'm proud to say Rabbi Cohen is with us. Rabbi uh, Daniel Cohen is the Rabbi of the Agudah Shalom Congregation up in Stamford, Connecticut. We love reuniting with him up there, and uh, he is uh, among the Parents of the Year honorees this year. Rabbi Cohen, welcome back to JM in the AM.
9: Thank you very much. Always great to be with
0: you. I appreciate that. Always nice to see you. I feel like you, as much as Mrs. Appel is an expert, and she is when it comes to Mayanote. I wonder if you're even a bigger expert, because I, how many how many of your children have already been through Mayanote Yeshiva High School? Uh, we're up to number four, and
9: God willing, next year will be our fifth. I mean, we love the school. It's great.
0: My, oh my. Mrs. Appel, am I right? That makes Rabbi Cohen a real expert at this point?
10: Oh, yeah, you
0: years long song <laughs> expert. <laughs> to say the least. Uh, what is it about the school? You know, I mean, I have two daughters who uh, who are Maya Note students. You're up to almost five, as you described, or by Cohen. Uh, what is it about the school? What can you tell everybody out there as a reminder why it's so important to support an institution like this?
9: Well, we love the school for a number of reasons. Um, certainly it's a school, really, that tries to look at each individual student and what I would say, you know, taps into what they're particular coach is their potential in a, in a modern Orthodox environment that also really uh, strong focus on religious Zionism really tries to help them become the best that they can be. It's a wonderful academic environment, extracurricular activities, and uh, we love also the, uh, the teachers there and the relationships they built with our kids. And uh, it's a big trip for us, obviously coming from Stanford,
0: right. but
9: we believe so strongly in the school that it's really been outstanding for each of them.
0: Mrs. Appel, that's not a foreign concept for you and the administration to welcome students from all sorts of neighborhoods and communities every single day, right?
10: No, that's true. Um, about a third of our student body comes from outside of Bergen County, and in some cases that means places that are particularly far away, such as Stamford, and we very much appreciate that the Coens and some other families from Stamford have joined our, our family, our community over the years, but it also means places like Staten Island and the Highland Park, East Brunswick-Edison area, uh, Westchester, and occasionally we have borders as well from places farther away, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, so thank God we have a, a school that, that reaches far and wide. And
0: you even have Manhattan students who you're going to be greeting later <laughs> today. How do you like that, huh? I'm
10: sorry, I didn't
0: hear you. I said you even have Manhattan students oh, that you're sure. going to be greeting later today. <laughs>
10: we have a nice uh, cohort every year from Manhattan. There you go. Um,
0: all right, so you heard what Roy Cohen said from the parental standpoint. What is it that makes the school so different from an administration faculty standpoint? How, Mrs. Appel, could you describe uh, why you've been so successful at this now for all these years?
10: Thank God. Yeah, I actually would say things that are very much parallel to what Rabbi Cohen said. For me personally, this is my 13th year in the school, and I would say that the focus on individual students, this idea that we can form community and form um Spirituality on a, on a communal level, and learning and enjoyment on a communal level, but also very much focus on individual students. Whether that's teachers paying attention to them, not just as a group but as individuals in the classroom. Whether it's using our guidance staff very, very uh, to work very closely with individual students, forming relationships. I think that that constant balance between looking at the whole and looking at the individual really uh, really keeps us strong. In addition to the you know the academic programs, the co-curricular. But I would say that that focus on the individual within the broader community is unique and uh, certainly certainly helps keep me here year after year.
0: Yeah, well, that's kept us there year after year as well. <laughs> You're not the only great. one. Uh, everybody out there has an opportunity to uh, support the great work of Mayanot Yeshiva High School to pay tribute to the honorees at the dinner on Saturday night, March the 4th, happening at Keter Torah on Romer Avenue in Teaneck, New Jersey. It's the annual scholarship fund dinner. And uh, those of you who'd like to participate, you can go to the website mayanote.org. Again, that's mayanote.org, and we encourage everybody to, uh, in fact, uh, do so. Uh, but, so we have great honorees, and uh, you know, you, usually we turn to our guests on the uh, telephone during these conversations to get a word or two about the honorees. by Cohen is obviously uh, with us, or by Daniel and Diane Cohen, our Parents of the Year. So by Cohen, I'll use a bit, a bit of a different angle. How honored are you to accept the Parents of the Year Award for Mayanote?
9: Well, we feel humbled, actually. I mean, we try our best with each uh, kid that we have and, um, you know, pray to God we can do our best, but also hope for the Siata uh, Deshmaya that each child kind of finds their, their passion. And uh, I would say our graduates of Mayanot, uh you know, truly reflect our values, their values. And uh, if we can in any way help the school uh, motivate others to send their daughters there and to think about particularly in an environment, which I would say is a challenging environment, which we live, to raise future leaders and uh, future uh, uh, sources, really, of blessing for the Jewish community. Uh, Mayanot definitely uh, is is one of the shining lights uh, in the Jewish world.
0: Have you done a Mayanot Shabbaton in Stanford?
9: We have. We've done a couple, and it's been uh, a pleasure for a lot of kids. They've never been to... (laughs) Maybe they've driven on 95, (laughs) but uh, they haven't really spent a Shabbos in Stanford, and uh, we love having the students here and... Our daughters have maintained their relationships throughout the years with their friends at Mayanote as well.
0: Even to the Teenack kids, you guys look like the suburbs, huh? That's true. That's true. <laughs> um Lori and Elliot Lindzer are receiving the Amude Mayanote awardees. Uh, uh, Mrs. Appel, what can you tell us about the
10: Lindzers? Yes, I would just add about the Cohens, sure. uh, please. That uh, you know, we, we ourselves are very honored that they, along with the other honorees, have accepted this uh, this kavod because they are such an integral part of our school and <clears throat> have added so much to the to our community with their daughters and with their with their contributions to the community. The Linzers also uh, have a number of, of daughters in the school. They have one who graduated, um, a Rav, one who is a senior, Neti. We have a freshman, Gila, um, and, and God willing, one coming up the. Pike in a few years. Um, the Linzers have served the community in so many ways. Mrs. Lindzer is a vice president on our board, a member of our board of trustees. She served on our education committee, and she also served served on the search committee for our new uh, position of dean of students last year. Um, they've, they've, as a couple, they've hosted Friday night Onex for Us and parlor meetings and the Mayano Book Club, um, they really support uh, support our school in many, many ways.
0: Yeah, I, I like the fact that it seems that every bio of the uh, honorees uh, it, it's it's not just support for the school but it's so many other ways that uh, that you know that people who are uh, being honored support the school, whether it's their volunteerism or hosting different things or being part of different committees that's obviously a very important part for the
10: parents. Yeah, and that that helps us not just extend ourselves into the community, but bring the community toward us, uh, having not just, of course, people who are financial supporters, which is very important to the school, but also people who give of their time and of their space and uh, support the school in that way. It's critical.
0: No question about it. Mrs. Suzanne Cohen is Teacher of the Year. What can you tell us
10: about her? Oh, she is wonderful. She is our Tanach Department Chair, and she's also our Co-Director of Israel Guidance. Um, She is just a pleasure for me to work with personally for so many years. Uh, She preceded me in the school, so I've learned a lot from her over the years. Our students just benefits so greatly from being in her classroom. She is loving and she is warm and she is expert in her subject and has managed in some cases to reach students that no other teacher has managed to reach in learning in terms of teaching Tanakh and inspiring in Tanakh and in other cases just to challenge them further than they've been challenged. Um, she, as director or co-director of Israel guidance and she really guides our students with such sensitivity, Through every step of the process, uh, from thinking about what schools might be best for them to taking them through the application process, and then, you know, really supporting them whether they get the great results they're looking for or a more challenging uh, outcome. She really is just so sensitive and warm. Um, We we all learn a lot from her.
0: Yeah, I saw her on uh, Israel Night, and uh, very impressed with the way they handle the uh, way her and her department handle the uh, students who are ready for, uh, you know, leaving 12th grade and heading to Israel. Uh, for yeah. the year. Uh, we mentioned that the Bear torah uh, Memorial Award is being uh, 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 bestowed in memory of Bruce Ritholtz. I believe both of you know the Ritholtz family uh, pretty well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we certainly uh, remember Bruce uh, with tremendous affection. by like, Cohen, a word or two about uh, Bruce Ritholtz?
9: Yeah, he's a very sweet person. I got to know him when he came up to West Hartford. He was very friendly with a close friend of ours, uh, the Boosbeam family from the west side. And he just was a very you know, erely kind, thoughtful person, and uh, you know, I have very warm memories of him and uh, his family. is a great family, and uh, wonderful, wonderful tribute to him. So I feel honored to to, to share uh, this this evening uh, with him as well.
0: And Mrs. Appel, anything you'd like to add?
10: Yeah, we, uh, we we remember uh, Mr. Ritholtz so so affectionately and so warmly. Still feel his loss, and we're just very honored that Mrs. Ritholtz and her family have agreed to allow us to continue honoring him uh, with this with this memorial award, and also um, with our new newly named Bruce Ritholtz Thursday Night Mishmar program. We have a nice. wonderful Mishmar program, and it's such a such a tribute to Mr. Ritholtz's memory and to all his contributions that we we're able to name this in memory of him. Because he was such a supporter of Mayanote and also of the Talmud Torah that took place in Mayanote and in the uh, supporter of the warmth of the school, um, so it's just so appropriate, and we're so um, we're so honored to be able to do this.
0: Uh, the Mishmar distinction is really beautiful. Uh, look, you have you have an amazing lineup. Yeah, you have a great night plan. It's yeah. the Mayanote Yeshiva High School. Everybody, you know what we think of Mayanote. We've been there for years. Uh, the Coens have been there for even more years, <laughs> and, and everybody, code can tell you even more. Wonderful things about the school. Uh, check out the, uh, the website, myanote.org. It's the annual scholarship fund dinner in memory of Bruce Ritholtz, honoring Lori and Elliot Linzer, Rabbi Daniel and Diane Cohen, Mrs. Suzanne Cohen, who's Teacher of the Year. And it's all happening on Saturday night, March the 4th, at Keter Torah in Teaneck, New Jersey. Again, myanote.org is the website. Myanote.org is the uh, website, and you could certainly contact the school uh, by telephone at 201-833-4307 for any details Two zero one eight three three four three zero seven. uh Tamara Pell is the um, is the assistant principal at Mayanot Yeshiva High School, and uh, Rabbi Daniel Cohen from Agudah Shalom up in uh, Stamford, Connecticut. Everybody who goes to Stamford, check out Rabbi Cohen's synagogue. It's a beautiful place. We had a great time up there m- multiple times. You're welcome anytime. I appreciate that. <laughs> thank, uh, Mrs. Appel, Thank you, Rabbi Cohen. Thank you, and we look forward thank to you. seeing you on thank March fourth for thank a great. You both. <laughs> Mayanot Yeshiva High School. Go to mayanot.org for information, everybody, and pay tribute to some wonderful honorees and a great event. More coming up. This is a Tuesday morning edition of JM and the AM. live in Odessa, Me me, me is the name of that selection, Tuesday morning broadcast, well I'm not letting an opportunity like this go by, Yeshiva University being in the men's basketball playoffs starting tonight, uh, without uh, taking advantage and uh, inviting coach Elliot Steinmetz on our airwaves to discuss tonight's big game, many of you may recall last year Yeshiva won its first round uh, playoff game, which was a really big deal and was a great celebration we're hoping for the same results tonight, as I'm sure the coaches as well. Coach Elliot Steinmetz, welcome back to JM and the AM.
11: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, I can only imagine you wake up this morning and you're probably thinking back to when this whole process began many, many months ago, just to get to this point. And tonight, Yeshiva University takes on purchase... Up in Purchase, New York. My kid tells me you guys are favored. I don't know if you agree with that or not. (laughs) But, But we are wishing you the best of luck. There must be a great combination of excitement and nervousness with you and the team right now.
11: Yeah, I mean, I don't know about nervousness. It's maybe, maybe uh, anxiety to get the game started. Once you get into the, once you get on the court and get started, it kind of everything falls away and it just becomes fun. Um, but you know, I, as for favorite or underdog, I'll probably tell my guys we're a 20-point underdog, <laughs>
0: right. and that they're all writing about it in the papers, right?
11: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: How Yeshiva has no chance. Uh, you actually beat Purchase by two points earlier in the year. Um, how, how would you classify that game? Was it a? Uh, did anybody have a large lead at any point? Was it uh, anything special or out of the ordinary that night?
11: Um, no, I mean it was it was a road game. It was it was a tough game. They're they're a really good team. They're the highest scoring team in our league. They're averaging about eighty five points a game. We happen to have uh, played pretty well that game. We were up about twelve or fourteen points. Uh, they made it. They made a number of shots at the end that pulled it much closer. Um, you know, so it's it's one of those games. Had it gone another five ten minutes, it might have had a different result, but. We held on,
0: Coach Elliott Simons with us. We were there Saturday night. Uh, in the in the second half of the first half, you guys enjoyed an incredible streak of three point shots. Um, I don't know if if coaches, you know, are are still in the traditional mode of you know you don't take that three point shot unless absolutely necessary. I'm not sure what the mindset is these days. What's it like for you sitting in the bench and watching your guys drain one after the other after the other?
11: Uh, that, that was a special stretch. I, I think we hit something like six in a row at one point. <laughs> um, you know, but, you know for, for the game, we actually ended up shooting just about our average. Uh, so it all evened out in the second half when we couldn't put it in. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big part of the game now. You know, the, there is you know, a lot of numbers on it. We're not necessarily looking for it, but, you know, we have, we have enough guys who can shoot it. We lead, You know, we lead our conference in three-point shooting by a significant margin. Wow. Uh, we have a couple of players who are in the top, I think, Two of our players are in the top three in in, in uh, three point field goal percentage in the conference as well. So we'll, we'll certainly take them when they're there, but we're not necessarily uh, you know putting our game plan around it. But you know the thought out there now is thirty three percent from three is the same as fifty percent from two. So
0: yeah, that's true. Elliot Steinmetz coaches the YU Maccabees tonight. They're up at Purchase. Do you expect a big road crowd tonight?
11: We do, uh, and I'm hoping it will keep growing throughout the day. I know we have a couple of buses that will be going with YU students from YU uh, this afternoon at some point, uh, and I believe there are a number of people coming from around the area, from New York City, from Long Island, even driving over for the game. So we generally travel well. Uh, I'm hoping that will continue to you're,
0: you're probably convincing everybody purchase ain't, ain't as far as people think it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> eh,
11: it's Westchester. It's not so
0: bad. Exactly. Everyone should come out and enjoy. Have you noticed... The crowds at the home, unless this is my imagination, you know, we've been to a lot of games over the years. It it seems like there's a tremendous core group, and you're getting really good numbers.
11: Yeah, it's been awesome. Um I, I think I think it's uh, it's an interesting thing now. I think over the last few years they've started to expect us to win, which is which is kind of a cool thing. So they're you know they're getting a little confident, the crowd, which is which is a nice. That's what fans are supposed to be. They're supposed to be confident. So you know whether we're up or down, they're they're loud and they're cheering. So it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, nothing like cheering for Yeshiva. When you cheer for Yeshiva, it feels to me like we're cheering for the entire Jewish people. And I don't know if your team gets it, but I know you know that when you guys are on the court, you're representing the Jewish people out there.
11: Yeah, uh, you know it's something we talk to them about. You know they're they're young. I think they're starting to get it a little bit. They look around the gym and they see you know kids that they you know that have no relation to them at all. They're not family. They're not friends. They're they're nothing. They're just there because they're a yeshiva, and I think they're starting to see that a little bit with our home crowd. So so it's it's a really good thing.
0: All right, my only uh, my only question regarding the machination of the team, and I was discussing this with one of the former players the other day. A, a guy like Simcha Halpert, who's playing unbelievably for you guys, right? I mean, you you, you classified as pretty unbelievably, right?
11: I mean, I would expect him to be rookie of the year in the conference. I'd be shocked if he's not.
0: So he's unbelievable, and he's playing so well. Uh, When he walks into training camp, do you know that he's part, as a freshman, do you know that he's part of the starting five? At what point was it obvious to you? How many days or weeks did it take where you said to yourself, okay, even as a freshman, we have to insert him into the starting lineup?
11: (laughs) I, uh, I knew the kid could play. It's, it's tough to tell when how a kid's going to adjust to the college game from the high school game. Uh, he's special. With him, it was really just two practices in. I kind of looked over at, at Benji and one of my assistant coaches, and I was like, that, that kid's going to play a lot of minutes this year.
0: Even then, you it, like if someone would have said to you that day, two practices in that he'd be starting, you would have believed it? Yeah. Unbelievable, yeah. I'll tell you. It fascinates me. That a guy can walk in from high school where, again, usually, and you know this, that when you get to the next level, there's usually a really serious, doesn't have to be long, but a serious learning process. Where you're gonna, yeah, that 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 ball that you know that that went in every single time in high school is gonna be knocked away the first time you shoot it in college. You know what I mean, right?
11: Yeah, I mean kids are quicker. Kids are a lot bigger. Obviously, there's more athleticism in the game, so there's definitely an adjustment period. But you know, I guess uh, for some reason he picked it up pretty fast. Unbelievable. And and your secret
0: to success this year, aside from what seems to me Beliainhara, you know, mostly injury free. Any other secrets to success this season?
11: I think we have just a good culture. I think, you know, we, you know, we, we have a senior, uh, two seniors, well we have three, but two seniors in particular that have been there all three years that have been there and Mike Berg and, and Jordan Hode have really set the tone in terms of what the program's about in terms of sharing the ball, you know, getting a better shot and, and just Good teamwork and, and something that they've kind of demanded of the other of the other guys and it's, it's flowed through. So I think the fact that we're able to do that doesn't really matter which five are on the floor. You, know, you mentioned one freshman. We have another couple of freshmen that are playing too, Donnie Katz and Kevin Boker, who are putting in really good minutes. Yeah. And, and really producing. And I think it's just part of that culture where they step in, they feel comfortable, and they know that everybody else is out there to make them better.
0: Yeah, very impressed with both of them. 100%, I'm telling you. Amazing. Listen, tonight at Purchase, everybody, it starts at 7 p.m., uh, up on the Purchase College campus in Westchester, New York. Uh, Yeshiva University goes up against Purchase in the first round of the Skyline Conference. And we're going we're gonna to take this one game at a time, Coach. We're not going to talk about anything further, okay? We're going to take it one I game at a I time. I didn't,
11: I didn't know there was another game scheduled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we wish you the best of luck. Continue to represent the Jewish people and Yeshiva University the way your team does. They're so fun and exciting to watch, and it's a pleasure being there. We hope to see you tonight.
11: Looking forward. Thanks so much.
0: There he is, Coach Elliott Steinmetz. That guy's a freshman. Two practices in, he's won a spot in the starting lineup. Could you imagine? Unbelievable. And a pleasure to watch him him play Simcha Halpert, and all of them. They're they're really a great group. Um, Check them out, everybody. Tonight, 7 p.m. up at Purchase. And, uh, yeah, we were hoping for a home game in the playoffs, but, uh, hey, at least it's not a three-, four-hour drive. It's just up in Westchester, and everyone should come out and enjoy and uh, support Yeshiva University as they go head-to-head with purchase in these Skyline Conference playoffs this evening. Tuesday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up, if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
2: Sometimes your world comes crashing down you ask why me? Why now? Why now? Your mind is fighting for sanity. All you gotta do is la, la. Like
0: Gamzula Tova from Leif Tahar. song on JM in the AM, it usually triggers a conversation with the one and only co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh, Rabbi Josh Fass, who's with us live via telephone in preparation for the massive mega event that's happening this coming Sunday, plus there's other things we got to talk about here at JM in the AM, Rabbi Yehoshua, Josh Fass, welcome back to JM in the AM.
12: Thank you so much, Nachum. It's great to be on the air.
0: I greatly appreciate that. I'm going to start backwards for a moment before we get to the mega event in New York City. I want to remind our listeners, especially the ones down in Florida, that this coming Monday night, beginning at 7 p.m., I have the honor of hosting a roundtable discussion, an armchair conversation, if you will, with both Rabbi Josh Fass and Tony Gelbart, co-founders of Nefesh Benefesh. It's happening starting at 7 p.m., at the Boca Raton Synagogue on Montoya Circle North in Boca Raton, Florida. And um, it's essentially a, a Nefesh Benefesh homecoming, because that is exactly where Nefesh Benefesh was founded 15 years ago. So Nefesh Benefish will be saying thank you, Boca. Uh, both Boca and all of us at the Nachum Segal Network would have an opportunity to pay tribute to these uh, incredible gentlemen and the organization. And it should be a very interesting evening. If you know anybody in the Boca region, or if you're tuned in right now from Florida, make sure to set aside 7 p.m. this coming Monday night at the Boca Raton Synagogue. And obviously, as we get closer, we'll let you know how you could watch and listen to all the proceedings Monday night. Rabbi Fass, I know we have a lot to talk about regarding the mega, but I don't want to overlook what's happening on Monday. It's a tremendous tribute uh, from the place where it all began. What do you think of that?
12: Monday night's going to be a very special evening. It's uh, It's been 15 years, which is hard to believe. And uh, you and I, I mean, I don't want to steal our thunder, but you and I are going to hopefully zigzag through North America the next bunch of months of sharing some inspiration and, and discussing community connectivity to Israel. And uh, before we even go to other communities, we have to start where it all began, um, in deference to Boca Raton Synagogue, to community you know, to the community there that that really fermented this whole idea of Nefesh B'Nefesh, and uh, it's a great beginning. It's a great way to start our tour that's going to last many months, (laughs) but uh, I'm very, very excited. I'm very excited also to to do this with Tony Gilbart, because uh, Tony, um, he's an incredible, incredible man, but he's also very private, and uh, it's very hard for us to coax him even onto your radio show, as you know. That's right. And to have him in the community... Um, speak for over an hour with me about uh, history, past, present, and future of modern Zionism and Nefesh B'Nefesh and Aliyah and just our our plans for the future together and maybe other projects. I think it's going to be very, very exciting. I, I, I'm very excited about the idea of going back to Boca and especially having you there with us because you shared so many pivotal moments of the last 15 years so uh, it's as fitting as we're going back to boca that's fitting to have you there with us
0: i appreciate that i'm looking forward to it and well as we get closer everybody listening right now we will give you details now you can watch how you can listen of course if you're in boca or anywhere near the boca region in florida set aside this coming monday night at 7 p.m for boca raton synagogue the mega event is coming to new york city In a brand new location, there is a website. I'm going to mention this now so everybody out there knows how they could register for the event and how to check out the schedule for Sunday. Go to nbn.org.il. Again, it's Nefesh Benefesh, nbn.org.il. There's a registration button once you get to the Israel Mega Event for this coming February the 26th in New York City. It's happening at John Jay College. It is the biggest Mega Event yet, and it is set aside as a day to simply come by and find out what you need to know about Aliyah, moving you as a single or individual or your family uh, and/or your family to Israel uh, to become Olim and to become part of this incredible movement of North American Jewry uh, heading to the state of Israel. Rabbi Fass, tell me some of the things we need to know, some of the great things that are happening regarding this Sunday in New York City.
12: I am overly excited to share with you. I'm going to talk about seven bullets of what's happening on Sunday. Um, but, but first of all, I feel bad that we've called it a mega event in the past few years because uh, because this is really truly the mega event. Um, maybe we should call it mega mega event and, and maybe we should go back in, in history and try to, to relabel the previous mega events. But it is incredible. I'll give you some just seven Bullet, seven facts of what's happening on that Sunday. Okay. First of all, we have five simultaneous programs happening at John Jay on Sunday. We have the mega event. We have a medical seminar, which we'll get to these details in a second. We're hosting Garin sabah's next cohort of uh, soldiers next uh, summer and their parents in the same building. We're also partnering with Misrata and the Ministry of Immigration Absorption for Bay Israeli, which is hosting a whole day of seminars for Toshavim Chozrim, for returning Israeli citizens who are interested in moving back to Israel. And we have, capping off the whole day, we have a special comedian evening and reception for young adults with uh, comedian Elon Gold. That's happening on Sunday. That's Point number one, five simultaneous programs. Point number two, we've never seen registration for an event um, for Aliyah like this before. In 15 years, uh, we have right now registered 1,397 as of last night. 1,397 individuals registered right now for the mega, which is five days away. This is hundreds of of people more than we were, were Last year, um, we've exceeded obviously the people who even came to last year's mega event. So we are, and that's not including the Garin Sabar and by Israeli and the other programs that are having. So we're talking about well over 2,000 attendees on Sunday at John Jay campus, which is incredible. That's number two. Number three, because we moved from the Crown Plaza and out to John Jay, we are using seven floors of the campus for programming, simultaneous programs. That's number three. Number four, just to give you the sense of the enormity of the event, we are using 35 different rooms simultaneously.
0: <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool, right? It certainly is. Five,
12: we have a floor of just one floor designated of 56 vendors, who are coming to help Olim and individuals interested in Aliyah um, for their planning? From anywhere, from appliances and accounting, from banking to healthcare to education to elder care to the army to insurance to real estate to legal to shipping to upon 56 different vendors coming to to help to help uh, our Olim prepare for a possible move and to also give prospective Olim. Uh, to gain some sense of confidence in their decision to move them or to inch them along the way to, to make a decision. Okay. Number six. We have lots of representatives from Israeli communities. We have five mayors that are coming, five mayors of communities, and we have 12 cities, um, also sending representatives, not obviously on the level of mayorship, but 12 other cities representing, um, to explain to attract, to tease maybe Olin, to choose their communities to move to. And seven, something that that has never, we've never seen anything like this. But we have a medical track that we have um, licensing, help in licensing and expediting the process and removing a lot of the red tape for doctors, for physicians. It's one of our flagship programs. And in the past we've had 40 or 50 even top, you know, physicians, Uh, interested in making Aliyah coming to this day. As of now, registration, we have 126 physicians. Wow. 126 physicians, in addition to that 24 dentists, a total of 320 medical professionals who are coming on Sunday, and that number is growing by the day. Interest, we are bringing in... So many representatives of the Kupat Holim, of the medical clinics, and of hospitals interview with licensing, so that I mean they are floored of the enormity of the incredible scale of interest, and uh, and they want to already look at CVs and stuff. Individuals for the of having um, these physicians work either in their hospitals or in their clinics.
0: So we. Beyond Rabbi Fass, you're beyond excited. Rabbi Fass, you're uh, you're uh, coming in and out. Uh, whatever whatever you could do to stay uh, uh, do you hear me now. Now we hear you. Whatever you could do to stay stationary would be wonderful. Rabbi Josh Fass is with us live via telephone. The mega event now being rebranded as the Mega Mega Event, or maybe a double mega event at a brand new location, John Jay College in Manhattan at five twenty four. West 59th Street in New York City. If you go to the events section of nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, you could register and join over 1,400 people who have already registered for Sunday's event, which is a record breaker. Happening on seven floors and 35 rooms simultaneously. There will be 56 vendors there. For everybody to uh, peruse and to find out information about different services regarding moving to Israel. Five mayors will be representing cities in Israel with 12 representatives of different cities from around Israel being in attendance. Plus, as you heard, the special medical track is going to be part of the entire mega event. Um, Plus, there are five simultaneous programs going on at once uh, throughout the entire day. John Jay College located at 524 West 59th Street. We will be there broadcasting from the mega as you would suspect. As part of our Nachum Siegel Network presentation this coming Sunday, uh, beginning um, uh, late Sunday morning, um, Rabbi Fass, I'm so curious about the uh, first of all on the uh, on the the angle of the soldiers. I mean, th- this is a this is specifically for those who are entering, who have been there, who who want information for their families. When you say Garin Sabar, what group is this that's going to be there on Sunday?
12: We're going to have a lot of groups of of. Different types of soldiers, first of all, Garin Sabar has their own program every year that they bring a hundred or so or one hundred and fifty or so individuals to through their program to the IDF to serve the IDF. So this year they're bringing their last day of seminars, a preparatory seminar, to John Jay so that these young, brave adults could also gain from the rest of the information that we are offering. Wow. Um, they are also bringing their parents for that day, so the parents could get, uh, as we call it, chizuk imut, support and love from uh, the greater Israeli community um, for what their children are deciding to do. Besides that, Garin Sabar is also inviting graduates of the program that might have done they might have done the army and came back, and now they might be interested in returning to Israel, and they also need the guidance and support through that. That's one group. Uh, we also have a lot of young adults, 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds, who are interested in moving to Israel, and, and that will entail their service to the army as well. So we have Nefesh staff there and our lone soldier program there that will, with the staff there, will guide them and give them information. We also have representatives of the Israeli IDF army that's going to be on hand on staff to help give real-time information to these prospective olim. Besides that, we've also expanded our lone soldier program to include machal. Machal is for individuals who are not necessarily changing their status and making aliyah, but individuals who want to volunteer to the Army service around 18 months. Um, Beforehand, um, they were not part of the, the umbrella program of the Lone Soldier Program, but we just recently added, expanded our Lone Soldier Program to include Machal Soldiers. So you'll, we'll have a bunch. You'll see dozens and dozens of kids who are interested not so specifically to make Aliyah, but get the information for this volunteer corps. Um, so we're going to see a variety of, of young adults who want to serve in, in different forms and different, you know, experiences. But uh, And that's just a small fraction of what we're going to expect from all the attendees and registrants of the day. So oh. it's going to be really, really exciting. And I just checked the weather <laughs> forecast, so I'm extremely <laughs> happy that we're going to have good weather as well on, on Sunday.
0: Yeah, July and February. We're getting used to it over here, let me tell you. Um, so, yeah. I, I know this is a very small part, you know, in, in terms of the big picture, but it has really piqued my curiosity. Those who have moved out of Israel, you're saying there's a, in that community of those living in the United States and, and North America, there's interest to actually go back to Israel at this point? You're finding it to the point where you're making special sessions and departments for them?
12: We haven't. Uh, we, we've. There's always been a trend um, for the government of Israel to attract um, Israelis expats. Misradiklitah um, uh, is doing this this special programming, and since we're partners with them, we're hosting this so that they can also uh, utilize the vendors and also get the guidance from the broader community. Uh, we've always seen that trend, and similarly, Garim Sabah, which we mentioned beforehand. They they attract really the children of Israelis that move back to America, which is fascinating. Um, So there is a trend, there's a continued constant trend. Sometimes it's a larger trend, higher numbers, but uh, we're seeing we're seeing definitely an added interest. I mean, we someone just gave me an incredible anecdotal statistic this morning that in January alone we had 96,000 visitors to our website. Um, that's the, that's a number that we haven't ever had before for a monthly unique website view viewing. Um so so there is obviously a momentum um happening and uh and hopefully we'll be equipped and to, to continue inspiring individuals and equipped to give the advice and guidance to allow people to have an increased confidence to make this move.
0: Unbelievable. John Jay College is the location. It's a brand new location for the Israeli, or I should say Israel Mega Event, or call it Mega Mega Event. That's how big it's gotten for this coming Sunday. It's located at 524 West 59th Street in New York City. All the different things and all the incredible numbers and the amazing uh, uh, presentations that Rabbi Fast described will all be part of of the uh, mega event this coming Sunday. Everybody is invited to attend. There are events that take place in many cities throughout the United States. None of them as large as this one. And already this is a record breaker. All the information is on the website, nbn.org.il. They're asking everyone who plans on coming to register at this moment, to pre-register for the event so they can prepare properly. And Rabbi Fast now on a more philosophical level, and I know we'll have an opportunity both uh, at the mega And on Monday night down in Florida at the Boca Raton celebration, I know we'll have an opportunity to speak more uh, big picture and philosophically. But you hear the number 1,400, right? Registrants, 1,400. You know you're reaching numbers you've never reached before at this point. Uh, We know there's a big 50th anniversary of the Reunification of Jerusalem, which has been the focus of a lot of different communities and synagogues. Over the last few months, as we get closer and closer to that date, so that has certainly picked up the spirits of people and has focused more attention on Jerusalem and the state of Israel. But from your vantage point, why? Why is it that now, at the beginning of 2017, that we're seeing this type of reaction to an Aliyah Mega event that we've never seen before?
12: I'm not sure it's, we can pinpoint an incident or a trend or empirical data that's pushing individuals. I think there's a movement um, that's been around for many years of making sure or ensuring that individuals had a visceral, have a visceral connection to the state of Israel. And there's so many different factors and so many different aspects of different communities that are working on strengthening that connection. Um, and it comes to a point after developing that connection and developing that passion that people are, start putting that thought and philosophy into action. And and hopefully it'll be the action that brings individuals to cross that line and make that decision to move to Israel. But it doesn't necessarily have to be calibrated that way. Right. Aliyah is not the end-all and be-all of a person's Zionist expression. Individuals who might be on a long-term path to make Aliyah, that it's, that's incredible. They don't have to make Aliyah tomorrow. Individuals who are advocating and lobbying and fighting um, for, for for Israel and israel 's values that's also that's an expression of Zionism uh, i don 't think it's uh, I think we have to understand as a community that we can be passionate and connected to the state of Israel in many different forms and once we understand that and facilitate that and and nurture that then you 'll see a peaked interest of in all these different forms of expressions of Zionism. Um, We're just lucky that this is our world, and this is our turf, (laughs) that that we're there to encourage and facilitate Aliyah, and we're seeing fruits of a lot of people's, including ours, but a lot of programs' um, labors. So, um, we'll discuss this more at length on Sunday, and and when we're in Florida, but um, I don't think there's a pinpointed moment now, or political um, Waves that are that are moving people now than before, and people people like to push me and say, "Ah, oh, the, the new administration and what's happening politically." I, I don't see that. I don't see that because I see the essays and I see the expressions of individuals who are sharing what their thoughts are about Aliyah, and uh, and I don't think there's a moment or an there or a Nikuda point that when we can attribute an upswing of interest at this point.
0: Rabbi Fass, you're amazing. You get to supervise this incredible episode of modern Jewish history, and it must be an unbelievable feeling. We will see you Sunday, please, God. Mega event information, nbn.org.il. Remember, everybody, it's at John Jay College at 524 West 59th Street in New York City. We'll remind everybody as we get closer. And then Monday night, uh, in a uh, situation, in a uh, in a, uh, uh, a ceremony, in a, an event, uh, where Boca Raton gets an opportunity to pay tribute to the amazing work of Nefesh. But Nefesh will be there for that armchair conversation with both Rabbi Fass and Tony Gelbart, 7 p.m. Monday night, Boca Raton Synagogue, if you're in the area make sure to be there, if you're not, we'll tell you how to watch it and how to listen to it Rabbi Fass, Kol Avod, we'll see you Sunday Bezrat Hashem I can't wait, looking forward to thank you so much. Getting ready for the mega this coming Sunday, everybody Oh yes Making Aliyah Today with Lenny Solomon By the way, I mentioned during the conversation about the uh, 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. Remember, everybody, we are going to be there. Please, God, on the 24th of May, part of the incredible mega-mission of the Mizrahi World Movement. Go to Mizrahi.org slash YY50. Make sure that your synagogue, your school, your group, your family are represented in Israel for the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. Mizrahi.org slash YY50.
2: And
0: the Mega Event happens this coming Sunday. Yeah, Mega with a capital M, a capital E, capital G, capital A with the way it's been going. Unbelievable what the uh, Mega Event has now become. 1,400 registrants, my gosh. Um, lots going on, to say the least. I'm from next you're listening to JAM in the AM yeah. Avram Freed, ready to wrap up a Tuesday here at JM in the AM. Don't forget, JM Rewind is next. Uh, the interview with Mayor Kay that has gotten tremendous international attention is coming up next, starting at 9 o'clock Eastern time. So you'll be able to hear that. Uh, don't forget, tonight, a brand-new edition of Court Report, all the basketball and hockey news with Elliot Weiselberg, starting at 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, we'll be at the Young Israel of East Brunswick this coming Shabbos. Want to uh, thank the Young Israel of East Brunswick for the invitation. Looking forward to uh, Shabbos down. In East Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh, don't forget the Mizrahi trip to Israel. Mizrahi.org slash YY50. Mizrahi.org slash YY50. Don't forget that the Sinai Dinners is coming Sunday night. The Sinai Dinners is coming Sunday night. org for information. org for information on that. And also, we got to notice that uh, Rabbi Yosef Mendelevich... Um, Sunday night, 7 p.m. at Oav Tzedek on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. He's author of the book, Against All Odds, or by Yosef Mendelevich Speaks is coming uh, Sunday night, 7 p.m. Um, congregation Oav Tzedek on West 95th Street. Also at 2 p.m. on Sunday, the official New York premiere at Columbia University of the acclaimed film, Operation Wedding. We spoke a lot about it here. Director Anat Zalmanson Kuznetsov. Uh, daughter of two of the plotters. will hold the Q&A there. It's 2 o'clock at Columbia University. this coming Sunday. You can go to operation-wedding-documentary.com slash NYC to see a trailer and to purchase tickets. And she'll be in our studio in, a, in about a week or two here at JM in the AM. Achim of Israel and Achim of brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Or to listen to sponsored digital radio around the world in the web at com on the Nachomsigl Network, and of course, on our beloved NSN app. Wraps up a Tuesday here at JM and the A.M. Plenty coming up all through the day, including a ZK with a live lunch at 11 o'clock. Don't forget, coming up next, our interview with Mayor Kay on JM Rewind. It got international attention, to say the least, and you'll be able to hear it coming up next. Tomorrow morning we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. Make sure to join us. Bonus JM sometime before 6 a.m. How do you like that? Make sure to tune in early. Have a fabulous Tuesday. till tomorrow, i reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.